Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This is the podcast that features the hopefully open-minded musings of two... Are we late 40s yet, Bill? Oh, we are definitely late 40s. Two late 40s curmudgeons uh, bravely staring down the prospect of their entertainment irrelevance. We've been very, very much on a sporadic uh, recording schedule lately, but we are back for the foreseeable future, hopefully on a more regular schedule. I am your co-host, Noah Tarno. I am the founder and the senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing. For 20 years now, America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events, and we're back on a schedule because my co-host has returned from the largest by population Muslim country in the world, Indonesia. There's a trivia fact for you. There you you. go, man. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Please introduce yourself, sir. Uh, My name is Bill William Scurry, or I guess you could say Bill William Scurry Scurry, if you're going to infix any number of, uh, you know, quotation marks, uh, uh, nicknames in the middle of my name. That's that's not confusing at all. Thank not you. at all. Uh, I am the yeah. founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, Noah, as you know very well, is a sniveling, rouge-cheeked fop with an ornate kerchief tucked up his sleeve who minces around a French throne room looking to curry favor with Le Roi, Le Roi Soleil during L'Ancien Régime. Those were real guys, though, Bill. Yeah. Like, um... The way, like, all the French noblemen who, like, Ben Franklin was, like, negotiating with during the American Revolution, Mm -hmm. the style for rich French people at the time was to, like, basically look like clowns. Like, white makeup, right, right. right. Yeah, the little dots of uh, things. Yeah, yeah, it was was heavy into the frippery and the foppery. Frippery and foppery. And they cover, they drench themselves in perfume and cologne. Yeah. Because it was considered very gauche to bathe. Yeah. So poor people smelled, you know, horribly, I'm sure. And rich people just, you know, and bathed in uh, cologne. Not only that, but like that, you know, the, the body types, when you start to, you know, parse down these things from looking at paintings of the time, and that the portraitists, you know, Botticelli onwards, you know, at one point, the, the ideal female was a very lean build. But when you get to this part, it's like the heavier, more um, robust physique among women indicated you were well fed. And so yes. the, the, the wealthier set were heavier, rounder. Well, that was bustier. that was until that was until like 100 years ago, dude. Generally, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, this is one of those. I love how I love how we're referencing French culture, and you mentioned an Italian painter. But, yeah, yeah, but this is one of those things. Like when I started reading articles in the New York Times about how uh, the Chinese, uh, I mean, the Chinese have always had affluenza, especially since they, you know, stumbled into wealth over the last 30 years or so. You know, you had a middle class, but then the caste of the upper class was one thing, and that the Chinese consider um, a, a fair complexion is a sign of wealth and prestige. Yes. And so yeah. the, th- the thing is, is that you're not, you're not out tilling in the correct, fields. Correct. Correct. Sun right? damage. And that's why, yeah. you know, like if, if you look this up, there is a specific Chinese garment for women that looks kind of like a gimp or ninja mask that just has sits for your <laughs> eyes, nose and mouth, but it is to go to the beach and it is to cover yourself up and uh, avoid any whole sun damage for women. So they can still have that sort of pearlescent complexion. There you go. People are wasting time. Anyway, uh, we get in these, uh, we go down these these uh, these um, tangents. By, pop, by popular demand. Today. By popular by demand. By pop, overwhelming demand. What we do on this show is we try to look at uh, something that's happening 
that's new, uh, often or perhaps usually among people much younger than us. And today's topic, uh, it's not the freshest one in the world, but it's definitely a 2022 topic. And it was suggested to me by one of my favorite young people, my niece, nine-year-old Sarah Weiland. Uh, this is a rock and roll quartet. You know what? Just mention that you sound like Dick Clark. There's some exciting young people. Who- they, I tell you, kids these days, they're coming up with stuff. You won't believe some of it. it there's always something exciting going on our, with these Our topic people. this week is Archie Bell yeah. and the Drills. I know. Just I, I tell you, <laughs> they, they, they got their finger on the pulse. They know what's going on, these kids. I tell, the young generation has got something to say. Um. No, my niece suggested this to me. This is a rock band uh, from not far. I'm, I'm in Northern California. They are from Southern California, Los Angeles, L.A., and they're called the Linda Lindas. And the Linda Lindas are a young punk pop, I guess you would call them, quartet consisting of sisters Lucia De La Garza, age 15. She plays guitar and sings. Mila De La Garza, her sister, Age 12, Bill, 12. 12, he says, she play, 12. She, she plays drums and sings. Their cousin, Eloise Wong, age 14, who plays bass and sings, and their friend, the wizened, old, grizzled veteran of the quartet, <laughs> Bella Salazar, who is 18 years old, just turned 18. She's got arthritis and prostate month. problems. She's so old. Right. Yes, she has pro- she's so old she has prostate She's got problems. gout. That's how old she is. She's got gout. She's got she's got dropsy. Uh she plays guitar and sings. And they kind of glommed together in 2018. I you know, it wasn't clear to me if they were just singing at the time or already playing music. But the Dela Garza sisters, their father is a guy named Carlos Dela Garza. He's a pretty successful uh, record producer, engineer, and songwriter. He's worked with quite a few uh, prominent people. He's won a few Grammys. He used to be the drummer in Real Big Fish. Remember yeah. Real Big Fish? I know the name, but I'm not really like I can't. Right. I can't they they were it. part of the ska revival wave in the late '90s. They, you know, you're not missing much anyway. Uh, and um, uh, somehow they kind of glommed together to do backing for a singer known as Kristen Control who's a member of the Dum Dum Girls, which is a somewhat successful uh, all-female punky band, uh, also based in L.A., uh, at the 2018 Girl School L.A. Festival. And, you know, they, they kept practicing with their instruments. Uh, I believe um, uh, Eloise, uh, her father is also, uh, he, he founded a, a, a magazine I read a few times. It's, it's now defunct called uh, Giant Robot, which was sort of at the forefront of... Uh, like Asian American hipster culture from the nineties through the, I guess, uh, early two thousands. So, uh, you know, they're lucky. They were all plugged. Their parents are all plugged into the rock and roll LA world. Uh, so they just started playing around and they got noticed with people, uh, by people, uh, and really their breakout, um, uh, viral moments was they performed an event called Teen-tastic Tuesdays at the Los Angeles Public Library with a song they wrote themselves. They, they read all their songs themselves called Racist Sexist Boy, which is pretty much in the classic girl-punk riot girl mold where they scream about a racist sexist boy, and people probably thought it was funny, these cute little girls singing about racist sexist boy and rocking out. And the video went viral. That was in May of 2021. Uh, Amy Poehler saw it, put them in her movie Moxie. Uh, they did a song on a Netflix documentary called The Claudia Kishi Club, which is about a character 
in the uh, in the Babysitters Club franchise, Claudia Kishi. That's how my niece saw it. She's a Babysitters Club fan. So, not so much a Linda Linda's fan, but she she's she heard that song. Uh, they have played with the uh, the biggest stars in the L.A. female-centered punk scene. Best Coast, I love Best Coast. Frank Bleached. Uh, the Dills. The Dills were an old male punk band from the 70s. I'm amazed they're still around. And Bikini Kill, which is really the band that, if they didn't coin, certainly they were, they had the term Riot Girl was most closely associated with them in the 90s, and they're still around on some level. Um, and, uh, you know, they've done all right for themselves. They released an EP in 2020. They were signed by Epitaph Records in 21. Great punk label founded by a member of Bad Religion. Uh, they played on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, they've played uh, opening for a lot of big bands. And uh, earlier this year, they released their debut album on Epitaph, Growing Up, along with the single of the same name. And I believe the second single is a song called uh, O. Uh, the album came out in April, Positive Reviews. Racist Sexist Boy was nominated for Best Song at the 2022 Kerrang! Awards. Uh, there was a photo essay about them in the New York Times last month. Um, and, uh, yeah, they are, you know, they were hotter earlier in the year. But I tell you, I told you about their ages. They got a big future ahead of them, if any of us have a future. So uh, I thought it wasn't a bad time to look at them. Not too late and uh, certainly not too early. So, Bill, uh, you know, I know... This band is, first of all, two things you love, children and punk rock. Uh, you know, it's very clear their biggest influence is Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. So I know how much you must love this band. So what did you think, having listened to them, I hope more than one song, what did you think of the Linda Lindas? Yeah, my favorite songs they did were the covers of Soft Generator and, uh, Van no, so what is it? Soft Machine and Van, Van Soft Van Machine and Van... Yeah, Van Der and Gong, and Gong. Hawkwind. Uh, Hawkwind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, do you know why Hawk, you know why Hawkwind got its name? Uh, actually, I don't know why. Hawkwind isn't folks and old. I thought they were a little more metally than progressive in the seventies. Hawkwind got its name because the lead singer had a big hawk nose and he farted a lot. How about that? So huh? they that's how they came up with the name. Anyway, yeah, there's well, a fact in particular, I really appreciated the fact that all the Linda Linda's art was by Roger Dean. The art, the album covers. <laughs> He's lying, folks. He's lying. Oh wait, sorry. It was hypnosis. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, it was. Hypnosis. So you guys, who did the covers of. Uh, it was H.R. Geiger. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you anyway, know, I, we're, we're, we're done talking about stuff Bill actually likes. Talk I, about the I stuff was the, I was a little nonplussed when you suggested because I had no idea what they were. I assumed it was a musical act. When I looked at the picture, you know, you go to the website, um, it's it's a black and white, you know, it's it's a, a expertly taken black and white press still, um, you know, posed photo, and they're heavily made up. And I, I didn't I didn't look at it closely enough to really parse their age. I just thought, okay, this is um, they're a bunch of young girls from Los Angeles, a mixture, multiculti, you know, a, a Latin Asian fusion of things. And I thought, uh, well, are the are there looks like there's some sisters in the group, so maybe there's like a Hiam connection. Not not necessarily they know Hiam, but I'm saying in terms of like a band that is homegrown of, of with women who have their own style. Uh, and when Hyam has had a moment for the last few years, especially after that movie came out that uh, she was in, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, 
but when I looked at it and I realized it's like, oh, these are children. These are these are little children. Yeah. Literally a, in three yeah. of these cases. Three, 75% literally children. Yeah, there's an 18-year-old yes. girl there. And it's like, to be honest, I, yeah. watching the videos, I can't tell who is who. I didn't like go to look at the photo captions. I didn't see which one was, who was the 18-year-old. The, the, old, the oldie is one of the guitarists. Okay, so the sisters are half Asian, half Latino. Their cousin is at least half Asian. I, I don't know the other half of her parentage. And the 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 oldie, Bella, is uh, Latina. In fact, sings a song entirely in Spanish. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, and having listened to the stuff, and, you know, there was a big write-up in Elle magazine, which treated it uh, like an, you know, that's exactly the sort of thing that Elle would dig into um, as a phenomenon trying to prove their bona fides of saying, oh, look, you know, these are kids. We... We got our uh, ear to the grindstone, or our ear to the, 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 no, you can't put your ear to the grindstone. but uh, Ear to the ground. Yeah, ear to the ground, nose to the you grindstone. You put your nose to, so they put their nose to the grindstone in, in learning how to be a competent band, yeah. but the people who, L had their ear to the ground yes. in writing about them. Yes. But okay. listening to the music, no, you're right, that the music can't, no, no matter how well it done it is, it, there, there's a, um, you know, there's just something about the experience that misses me. I, I can't, uh, I just I don't have any kind of sensory apparatus that could pick this stuff up for any kind of appreciation. I think about how music. Uh, I guess it was the mid nineteen nineties when Billy Joe Armstrong and Green Day kind of came out and stamped. Not that they were the only group that did a pop punk thing, but they became one of the biggest, if not the biggest, pop punk uh, act at the time. And we were in yes. our we were college age at that point. Yes, and, and I and I was more interested in the Buzzcocks, who they mm -hmm. basically modeled themselves after. But sure, funny. sure. I bet it's like they made a lot more money, I'm sure, than the Buzzcocks did. And, you know, the, <laughs> yes, the, they did. And they still do. Still and, do. and by the way, side note, Blink-182, which is the next generation Green Day, have you seen the thing? The tickets to their comeback reunion show are going for like 600 bucks. Ticketmaster is the worst. But Ticketmaster basically has changed their business model to act as both ticket broker and scalper. And now Blink-182, who I like Blink-182. They are famously bad in concert. Having seen them in concert, I can attest to that. Everyone's getting ripped off left and right. Sorry, I'm off topic. Continue, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's the thing. It's like this, there's, a, there's a lineage of the pop punk thing um, in so much as that I, I think that is, for my own limited myopia, Green Day was kind of a patient zero of this thing. But it's recurred oh where it, it, has re, it has renewed itself in some ways since the 1990s where it's this particular mode of pop punk. So I it's been it's renewed itself since the seventies, dude. Okay, but I mean, L I, listen to the Buzzcocks. I will not. I will not. But thank you, though. I, oh, you're so wrong. That's all right. But I mean, this, this particular sound, Linda Linda, sound very much more like Green Day in terms of just my my own myopia. I'm not going to go deep with it, but this is a sound I've heard over and over again. And you know, I I I could be very positive about these are uh, four young people who seem to have uh, like you said they play their own instruments they apparently like learned how to do this for the purpose of becoming a band which is certainly not the first time that's happened people you know what this is this is weird that that, that made me think of um the neptunes you know chad hugo and uh, pharrell williams put out an album i can't remember when it was it must have been around uh, 2010 2011 and they did this whole thing where they built an entire album and they said, this sucks. We need to redo this. They ripped the album up, learned how to play instruments and actually laid down bass tracks, guitar tracks, drum tracks themselves. 
these are men who are middle-aged, who are producers in the business, realized we can't play the bass. And they taught themselves how to play music to, to essentially be better at their craft than they had been before. And they were already millionaires twice over, five times over by that point. Anyway, these kids, you know, these kids uh, were, were given the impetus to do this. And yes, you know, their parents are connected. You know, I don't want to take anything away from how precocious they are how the the, uh, the attitude that they have there's definitely a southern california type um, bravado to what they do that you get from the region kids who grew up in los angeles are going to have this sort of world weariness but this is definitely helped out by the fact that everyone's parents are connected in a big way to larger apparatus um but doesn't he the dad carlos de la garza is not playing the guitar and banging the drums for these girls but, however, the influence of somebody who's been in music... And, by the way, I think Carlos yeah. Delgarza is younger than we are. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I think he's... Uh, he's got to be around our age. Let me right. let me find out. I, I tried looking. I, could, I couldn't see. Carlos Delgarza, he does not have a birth date on his Wikipedia That's what I'm saying. That's why I tried looking. Interesting. But it's Interesting. like, I'm saying it's like... And, that, and that's as far as... It, Wikipedia doesn't have it. It is unknowable. It doesn't exist. According to Bill. Yeah. But okay. he, so it's like, you know, you're standing on the shoulder of this guy who is already in the milieu. It's not like they wanted to do classical piano. You know, like they're playing in his sandbox. And it's like, it's very convenient that your dad kind of runs a show that is the thing you want to get into and it, this is like you know Stephen King's son Joe Hill gets into writing horror books changes yeah, his name right. to Joe Hill and it's like man yeah. still and he dresses like Stephen yeah. King grooms like Stephen King and and whatever you get the point so I can be cynical about that just saying it's like well look the girls had to do the work but at the same time it's like it, it's it's a little inauthentic uh, it's it's a little bit of a creation. I mean, they they were they were put together. They were designed as a band. They were looking yes, to kick, they were to kick yes, together a band. To, yes. to they are the they are the monkeys of all girl modern uh, pop punk. Born yes. born in twenty sixteen bands. Yeah, that kind of the girls born were, in kids who were born in twenty sixteen yes. formed a band exactly. when they were three born, years old. They were they were born after the band was yeah. formed. Yeah, right. They didn't lose. They any started by. Right. They'd lose their they, mom. They didn't lose any school time in COVID because they weren't nope. yet in school. Yeah. I mean, look, I knew you don't get this kind of music and sounding like the same thing over and over again is the point. But whatever, you know, you, you don't understand good music and that's okay. Um, I like this a lot. You know, I mean, I'm not going to like follow this band on tour, but this is a subgenre that really works for me. I mean, even though I'm not the biggest Green Day fan in the world, what they represent I've always been really into, you know, I compare them with the Buzzcocks because the Buzzcocks are one of my favorite bands ever. I actually think I might like Blink-182 better than Green Day. Is that bad to say? I'm not going to pay 600. I couldn't tell you. I'm not going to pay $600. I want to see Green Day in concert. I've never seen them in concert. I did see Blink-182 and they sucked. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, sure. These, they're nepotism babies. They'll make our dreams come true. Um, The band was, you know, they plugged into the, you know, formed, you know, created, produced. Uh, they're plugged into the music business, which gives them a huge leg up. Uh, and I was afraid jumping in that they would be a total product. They would be totally contrived, you know, like a lot, like the Miley Cyruses of the world. Or I know this is an older reference, but I remember Avril Lavigne. I remember when Avril Lavigne first hit really rolling my eyes about her because she had like she affected this punky style but it was like totally contrived and it really kind of bothered me but we're in a world where contrivance is not not necessarily indicative of lack of talent 
And certainly nepotism, I mean, it's, it's always been thus, is not indicative of lack of talent. And, and I'm impressed with the Linda Lindas in that I think, despite the advantages that they have, they are good. And, you know, it's not just that Carlos de la Garza produced this and knew how to very well produced music. And not just that, you know, they got to work in a good studio and they got these connections so that they can end up on Jimmy Kimmel faster than most bands even, you know, perform their first gig. Uh, but also, like, he's probably hired, like, the best teachers to work with them, right? I watched another video of them in a library, and they brought in this guy to do percussion on a song. And they're like, oh, here's our percussion guy. And the drummer says, actually, he's my drum teacher. And I'm like, of course she's a drum teacher because she's 12. But she's not a bad drummer. None of them are bad. And I think, you know, also the fact that they write their own music. So I, I give them a lot of credit for that. The music is very simple. But also, you know, they started with Racist Sexist Boy, which I think is kind of over the top. And I see why it went viral. The cute little girl screaming, Racist Sexist Boy! <laughs> but A, it's honest. You know, I think they really come by these emotions, really. Um, and even since then, I see development. I see growth. This new single, O, from the new album, kind of straddles the line between the yelling, screaming wild girl and something a little more polished in terms of melody and song structure and then the song i like the best from the new album which is called growing up which is the title track i actually think is a much better song so even from 2018 to now i see growth noah can you um Tell me in the fewest amount of sentences possible why this is popular. Well, you know, you you piss on pop punk as something you've heard a thousand times before, but it's primal, right? It's always going to come back. And what they do is take this eternal, never-dying thing, something old, and repackage it in a new, modern uh, rapper, you know, and more relatable, uh... It's a good time for an all-female band, right? It's a good time for a multiracial band. It's always a good time for a younger band, right? I mean, Green Day, those guys are, you know, probably 55 now, right? Blink-182 is pushing 50. They, actually, they have to be beyond 50 Definitely, now. definitely. Maybe yeah. they're around 50 because they're a few years older than us. Um, and then, you know, racist, sexist boy, I mean, part of the reason that went viral is it's topical, right? Everyone's calling out bad behaving men so let's let's do a version of calling out you know 12 year old boys apparently it was inspired by some you know the the young one it was probably 10 when this happened some boy at school uh you know made some anti-asian crack at her or something so that's what inspired it so it's topical in a way and also that they can be an all-female band with a gimmick with a look with a with an appealing on the surface package but it's not sexual and everyone's looking for a way you know even the runaways and Bikini Kill, and I love Sleater Kinney, but early Sleater Kinney, oh boy, early Sleater Kinney, I saw so many people who liked them for all the wrong reasons, just because they were lesbians and they weren't bad looking. Oh, I knew guys who literally like couldn't care about their music, but just want to go to the concert to, to, to fantasize. It was gross. Uh, and I actually thought early Sleater Kinney wasn't so good, and I think they grew a lot, and I think they're a great band. But everything about this band is, if not wholesome, it is not uh it's not i don't see anything problematic here you know i don't see anything that people could get upset about i'm sure there is something because we're in 2022 
Uh, I'm sure there are people who, you know, are you know, hypersensitive crybabies who think any band with, you know, no white people in it is too woke to listen to, but those people can, you know, have a good time crying in their mother's basement. Uh, so I think this band takes uh, an eternal thing and wraps it up in a nice, neat, very modern, very timely package. Yeah, I, I think I think this is Astro. Oh, and sorry, sorry, nepotism. <laughs> yeah, as I'm saying, I think it's AstroTurf to a degree, you know. It's, well, it is, but they actually have the chops, right? Yeah, so but, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, that's great. However, there's plenty of people who have the chops that will never get the shot at it. Look, we covered this. Sure, okay. We did we did Nepo Babies as a topic, but it has been in the shadow of so many other topics, whether it is the, the leitmotif of what we're talking about or something that is like, you know, the, the thing that is out outright we're discussing you know somebody coming in and having their parents buy them a, a, a you know if they can do the job that's great but it doesn't sort of change the offense of it and like i'm not going to sit here and say these kids are offensive they're, they're, they're you know it, it's, impo- it's impossible look this is sunny punk music um you know like like you say it's primal you know you 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 write a lot of encomia to to this kind of type of music and i know it's I, it's your metier it's been since i met you you like a lot of different music, but this in particular, uh, the sort of punk and pop punk as a as a um, you know a rubric inside of it, it has always meant a lot to you. There's something that it, it is renewal. You always find new acts to carry this. There's always uh, something new to find. You know, whereas like I could just claim chemist chemically, it doesn't work for me. But I also mm-hmm. think that no one in the history of music has ever gone broke making a punk band or a pop punk band i think it's one of the most simple are you serious i'm definitely serious no one's ever gone broke making a punk band yeah uh in terms of oh, it, is, it is so easy to climb up into it, it, look there are other forms of music that are do more... you know how many millions of punk bands cannot get attention okay, but, one but look how many look how many punk bands get attention considering the amount, I the guess. Amount of, the I mean, it depends when the era you're in. I mean, punk's not really big right now. It's had moments where it's and bigger yet, than others. Do you yet, know how many punk bands are 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 playing fucking okay. you know holes in the ground for That's like because, half a sandwich? Thresh, Give me a break, the man. Threshold, the threshold. Well, the expenses are low. The expenses are low. That's I give you sad. that. But the payout on average for every you know Green Day, there are literally millions of bands that. Yeah, but, you know, but that's like, completely unheard. And meanwhile, even be, even even within the families of the members. And how many bands are there like at the drive-in of the Mars Volta? There's like ten of those. I'm just saying, it's like punk invites this low, the low barrier to entry invites a billion pretenders to come in and take a shot. Right. At it. Yes, but most, but the but 99.9 percent of those pretenders. Are, are are completely unknown. But it's there's history. still ten billion. You still have ten ten thousand pops yeah, pop yeah, band yeah. I mean, pop punk bands amongst the ten billion that don't succeed. There's we're flooding the market with successful punk. But here's the thing. I think of it. Uh, can't uh, you're maybe in 1997, dude. Or I think I think that this sort maybe. of maybe. I think that the closest analog I can think of in terms of pop punk is trap. In terms of a form of music that was very easy to make. That caught on like wildfire. That everybody syndicated at the same moment and looked at it and said, "Holy shit, I can make trap." Trap is exactly the thing. And trap opened itself up, expanded like gremlins splashed with water after midnight. 
you know, and it's like the, what, tra- how trap. That's, that's not how the gremlins work. But okay. You get my point, but like trap yeah. opened up and like it, it, trap launched a billion shitty rap careers and, you know, yes. still to, still to some degree affects the business today. And I think trap is punk pop punk and trap. I think are of the same, um, something similar where the buy-in is very I, low this you don't need much skill i think that you can you can get along uh, the, in fact in each case the more low to the ground the more the more raw the more unformed the sort of um more successful it, it can be it's it's seen as more authentic than something more built up yes something more I, refined I, with more artifice you know I know the answer to this. If you were a kid now, if you were the age of my niece or even a teenager uh, and the Linda Lindas were happening, would you uh, would you be into this band? Now, even though it was um, this is positioned for, you know, uh, kids in particular are supposed to have a really big buy in for this. I mean, even when I was a kid, though, I, you know, had taste that was, um, you know, kind of invariable. Like I, I liked things I liked and I did not like, I, I wasn't like experimenting with stuff I couldn't deal with. And I knew for sure that this isn't the kind of music I would have wanted to listen to. You know, it's just, it, mm-hmm. it's like onions in your food. Maybe some people don't like you to eat onions. You can't just put a little bit of onions. You can't eat them at all. And I think for some reason, pop punk is like that with me. Punk, punk rock. I never had any respect for it. I get why people like it. It's just like, I trust when somebody tells me like this piece of fish is cooked perfectly. I look at it, I trust their taste, I look how happy they are, it's like, I cannot eat it, I can't be around it, it smells terrible, but I will have to take your word for it that this is really well prepared, you know, delicious, good looking, uh, uh, you know, fish dish with great presentation, and aromatic thing, a very good cut and whatnot, but I can't get anywhere near it because it makes me nauseating. Now, pop punk doesn't make me nauseated the way fish does, but... You know, I just I just don't see the nuance, the vision, any of this music. More in particular, I don't think that punk is supposed to have a lot of nuance or vision. I mean, the vision is modest, if anything. You know, it's it's it, it, right. It does not pretend to be Rush, um, as we will bring up over and over again over the course of this. And maybe I just look for something more complex, or I just look for something that doesn't involve the three chords and a sort of grind out done in two and a half minutes, three minutes. Um, yeah, you know, like if we ever did Trap as a topic, I would say, you know what, I wouldn't have listened to Trap as a kid, even though Trap is designed for young audience members. And I think that this is designed for young audience members, but it would have missed me. But what about you? I'm assuming it, it is. A, it's a it's a hit. Well, you you break up. You break up. Well, you bring up a point about this is very simple. Something I forgot to mention before, why I already see growth for them in the past four years. They had a song called... Uh, uh, I might get Cuestas Veces, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, in Spanish, which I looked up means how often, sung by Bella in Spanish. And it has almost a kind of, span. I don't know Spanish musical genres well enough, but uh, almost a, a Spanish musical sound to it. So they've already gone beyond the three chords. It's also two LPs, like Tales from Topographic Oceans. It goes over two yeah, entire exactly. albums. Yeah, uh, and I think all the great pop punk bands showed some range. Green Day certainly did. Blink has. Buzzcocks, yes. Uh, you know, any punk band that's. I mean, the Ramones never did. What about? Uh... Well, the Ramones did. Uh, the Ramones did kind of little. They did some ballads that were very nice. What about the the they, Fall? Uh, the Fall was its own thing. You know the fall. That's right. You you made a film once where you used the fall song in it. I remember uh, that. It's true. I did. Yeah. 
Yeah, the fall was its own thing. It's kind of hard to compare them. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's easy to say I probably would have liked them, but when I was a kid, my tastes were just like, I was like, like a classic rock snob. And to the point where like Nirvana broke when we were 16, and while I wouldn't call them pop punk, they were definitely in something of that mold. You know, they're very stripped down, and melody was a big deal for them. And I didn't appreciate them until like after Cobain was dead just because I, I turned my nose up at all, almost all new music, because I was just, I don't know, I, I had been burned so badly oh, by, that was the when age, I first got into know. music, like fucking Poison and, you know, shitty Motley Crue records. So like anything new, I just said was a joke, right, compared to The Who. I'm seeing The Who in concert tomorrow night, I'm really excited. Um, so I might have missed the boat on this, but I don't know, I think if I paid attention and especially if I were young now, and I'd probably be less afraid of, ooh, it's girl stuff. I don't like girl stuff. I think there's a good chance I would have been into it. When I talk to myself, I think about the things that no one ever talks about. All right, Noah, is this a sign of the apocalypse at all? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, possibly the opposite. You know, rock and roll feels like it's dying, or at least it's, well, it's dead in terms of being the central musical artistic force in our culture. Uh, but anything that can keep kids into rock and roll and keep rock and roll alive and regenerate as something, you know, embraced and played and enjoyed by A, the younger generation and B, the, you know, heavily, heavily non-whitening generation, right? The browning generation or the, you know, Asianing generation. Uh, that's a good thing. I find the death of rock and roll to be profoundly depressing. But if this keeps it alive and argues that it's indeed eternal, and if rock rebellion can still find a place in our hyper-commercialized era, and I think it can, even though they're nepotism babies, because they are writing and playing legit, honest songs with real talent, or burgeoning talent, perhaps, uh, I think that's a real positive sign for the aspects, for our culture, and the aspects of, you know, the arts that are closest to my heart. So this is anti-apocalypse. You know, I wish that people could go back and look at Alan Parsons' iRobot or um, Procol Harum's Grand Hotel and somehow yeah, I find... Bet they, I, wish, I wish they could. Somehow, if only there was a method of recording music that... But that somehow find the same inspiration, find the same, you know, frivolity and excitement and, and newness from those things that they, they, you know, they will never get name-checked as an inspiration the way these things will. And that's whatever. No, but I, I you know, I'm look, this is definitely not a sign of the apocalypse. Um I consider this a novelty act over something original. I mean, granted, they're making original music, but I do think novelty that... Novelty act. I think it's a novelty yeah. act. They're children. They're children. They're tiny little babies. They're the Muppet babies running around on tricycles playing um, with little animal. Do, There's the, the, do you know how many rock bands over the years were, under, were, were teenagers? Uh, yeah, at least six of them, right? Just because the kind of music you like is made by like seventy year old men, they're like, all look. They're all dead. Let's be honest. They're all I dead. Know, they're Every, all dead. John Wetton is dead. Greg Lake is dead. Keith Emerson's dead. Gary Brooker dead. They're all Ian. Wait a minute. Ian wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Is Carl Palmer dead? Carl Palmer's the only one who's extant still. Oh, so so ELP is not all dead. It's okay. just it's just Carl P. Palmer's, it's just P. Uh, Robert Fripp's alive, right? Bob Fripp is still alive. alive. Yeah. Bill, uh, in what way, and I know you might not admit it, but I know it's true, in what way are you jealous of the young ladies 
and the phenomenon of the Linda Lindas. Well, divorce from their talent uh, and the fact that they actually can uh, play a stringed instrument and uh, drums and whatnot with with, uh, precision and skill, uh, it has to do with the fact that I wish that my parents were connected insiders for sure. Um, right. I would look. I wish. You're, I, you're, you're, wait, your mom wasn't uh, no, the she, head booker at CBGB no, in the early '80s. I no, thought your mom was. Nor was she okay. Mitzi Shore or anybody along right. the way that just did, <laughs> accrued a long Rolodex of, oh, of, of favors. Yeah, you, you should you should feel pretty thankful your mom was not Mitzi. Shore. I always wish uh, when it came to skill that I had it and and somehow that I was good at something <laughs> along the way. But I what I'm not, especially if it's like one of those raw performing arts talents, which seem to be you know for our generation. I mean for many generations, but. The, in particular, there's a there's a charisma and a sort of sex appeal to being able to do anything with a musical instrument. I think that just there's a siren call to it that you know is like the the, the tail stink of Pepe Le Pew going out and finding your um, you know your nostrils like that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it was mm-hmm. the perfume found Pepe Le Pew's nostrils. I mean that's what I'm thinking of in yes. particular. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I wish that had happened, but you know, like having the leg up, being able to stand on the show, like it's, you know, especially when there's there's such young kids. I mean, like I, one of the one or more of these kids could go into patent law for all I know. Maybe they could just say it's like you know what, uh, I I did the music thing for a little while. That was cool yeah. when I was fourteen years old. But it's like what I really want to do is you know I want to go to University of Iowa and study you know uh, uh, Emerson. You know maybe that's what I they mean, want. That's- they want to study at Lake and at Palmer, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, uh, the, yeah, the jealousy, of course, is there because we wouldn't be talking about this, I don't think, unless Carlos de la Garza and the the guy Wong and oh, you know, the other thing we didn't mention is that their videos are directed by the guy who's the founding of oh, founder opening uh, Humberto, I forget his last name. The founder of opening ceremony is like their art director yeah. who's directing their videos. Well, but by the thousand things, like their 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 musical teachers are total pros. Every their roadies are probably pros. I mean, they have this institutional support that almost no starting you know, out pop you, you punk, punk, Haim, pop you, punk yeah, band you, has. You brought up Haim yeah. before. You know that Haim's um, their their mother was an art teacher in Los Angeles, yeah. and the mother was Paul Thomas Anderson's art teacher in high school. And so it, I didn't know that Paul Thomas no. Anderson directed most of their videos for the young part of their career, giving them definitely uh, a leg up. Talk about yeah. having a great industry like a rocket fuel cannon. You know, yeah, like these yeah. things really matter when you're inside Los it, Angeles. Yep. Yep. It's really hard to start with. This is why as much as I find her a really annoying celebrity personage and don't care for much of her music, I will never not have respect for Madonna because Madonna had no No, She she did it the hard way, for sure. Madonna really did it the hard way. And she reinvented music. She had to be ruthless in an annoying way, but that's what she wanted and she did it and I respect that. So, Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely jealous of them. Um, you know, I wish I could play instruments like this. I wish I could have played this way as a teen uh, or be friends with kids like this as a teen or, uh, you know, have parents who would even, you know, forget being plugged into the industry would have taken me to a show like this when I was a kid. I'm jealous of those kids in the New York Times article. Uh, that's why I really want to take my niece, you know, some some element of this experience. Uh, yes, and as you've said a thousand times, the institutional support, you know, it's one thing to have natural talent. I mean... Dude, for 20 years now, I've been hosting trivia, and I'm still waiting for, you know, I make a living at it, but, you know, I started, I want to be on TV, and I I got within striking distance, but it never hit, partly because people are like, well, who the fuck are you, right? Like, I was shopping around a book proposal, 
And people are like, well, no one's going to read this book because you're not already famous. And I'm like, well, that's insane. So I used to always say, like, what I'm doing, you know, I'm, I think I'm good enough and I'm certainly hardworking enough. Like, if my dad were famous, you know, I would have I taken it to the moon by now, right? So the three things they have, they have the gimmick, they have the talent, and they have the institutional support. And I guess, I mean, I think I got enough talent for my purposes, maybe. Uh, I think my gimmick's all right, but I do not have the institutional support, and I really, really wish I did. And I don't have the gumption Madonna had. That's another story. So, yeah, I'm awfully, awfully jealous of that. Who knows, who knows how far these girls can go, but you're right. We wouldn't be talking about them if it weren't for Carlos de la Garza and the, the director of their videos, et cetera, et cetera. That goes a long, long way. What about the um, the very music, the very stage, the very talk show stage they were featured on, Jimmy Fallon and, and, mm-hmm. and our uh, appropriated <laughs> scale? Uh, were they on Fallon? I saw them on Kimmel. Yeah, they were on Fallon. Yeah, Fallon was they were on Fallon and he Kimmel. He was very happy okay. to have them, yeah. Uh, so, oh, oh, you guys are great! I'm so excited about this. <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyway, so where where do they fall on the X Y Z axis of the felonious scale? Well, I went with a similar topic I was uh, reminded of, which is Mitski. Mitski, another musician we've looked at, who I kind of liked, but I don't think I'm going to be like a huge fan of. And Mitski also, I think I said similar things. Very, well, Mitski didn't have a nepotism thing, did she? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No, I think Mitski was right. all yeah her own thing. But she's got talent, and she wraps it up in a very modern, like, 2020s zeitgeist-sticky package. So she's got that. But, you know, this music strikes me on a more primal level than Mitski did, even if I, I do think Mitski has more craft to it. So I'm going to say Mitski times Pickleball, which is something I don't care about, but I think, like, is a net positive in our society. So Mitski times pickleball. There you go. Andy Peake would be very happy to hear that. Um, yes, he would. Yeah, I, I'm going to use the topic, a musical topic, too. And you're not going to like this, but I'm going to go for it. You're I, not going to like you're it? Not gonna, okay. You're not going to like it. No, Eternal okay. is not going right. to go for it. Good to know. I'm gonna, to I liken this to 100 Gex in that it is a... Uh, <laughs> you know, the thing okay. is, it's like the sound of 100 Gex did nothing for me. The, the, the sort of... Um, uh, bored, posor tone of like sort of disaffection meant nothing it looked like it was just this stance of arrogance and the stance of being above it all and it was really aloof and distant and and you know all this bullshit that 100 gex threw up but at the same time i think 100 gex was an art project you know like they the two of those people saw through they were creating something that they believed in it had its own hermetic logic uh, and you know a a fan base that was granted probably smaller than the the Linda Lindas, but a true believer clutch. You know people that are really signed on to oh, yeah. whatever. The, I yeah. told you I saw the kids in line for that 100 Gex concert yeah. in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! They all they're all dressing like the band. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's I don't want anything to do with that. But I'm just going to look at it from a, a nice comfortable distance and say you know I the the shape of the Linda Lindas means something more just because it it's just it looks like something. But it's like they have as much in common to me as that. It's a sort of culty phenomenon. Mm. Uh, I, I I assume the upside of Linda Lindas is going to be bigger than the hundred hundred Gex is going to continue just slug it out in in a in a niche of just sort of like art 
art pop or art music or sort of noise pop. I don't know what the fuck you'd call it. Um, but I saw some. Well, there. well, well, maybe Linda Lindas won't go farther because maybe, as you said, they'll all quit and go to University of Iowa and one will become an electrical engineer and one will become, you know, a teacher and one will become, you know, an astronaut or yeah, something. Right. Gene transplantation and uh, palm trees or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, something the world needs. They need pop punk as well. Yes. You might deny it, sir, but I think they do. Well, everybody, I believe that it brings us to the end of yet another show. Uh, if you'd like to find past episodes, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundClude, Google Play and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill. Don't get it at gmail.com. Give us revealing aggregators because that's how people find podcasts, word of mouth, all that good stuff. Uh, take a thumb drive. Put a copy of our show on the thumb drive. Put it in a bottle. Send it to the ocean. Give it to your uncle uh, at maybe Thanksgiving. Or it's a couple of weeks now. Like Start playing in the middle of dinner. Just over talk everybody start playing it on your iPhone wave it in front of their faces as everybody's eating get their attention play a good episode I think that's also a good way to get you going do you know how hard it was to teach my mom how to listen to our show on her phone uh, I believe I heard the story it's it's, tor- yeah. it's tortured it's tortured it was not easy it's not, not easy. easy well I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at William Scurry you'll see all my uh, my, my business there uh, my video uh, projects are on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar and now here's Noah to tell you uh, a sunny tale of himself here I am I am Noah Tarno I am all about the big quiz thing bigquizthing.com it's our 20th anniversary, folks. 20 years of trivia fun. Uh, the finest in corporate and private trivia events nationwide. Uh, looking heavily for the holidays. Still some dates left. So check us out, bigquizzing.com. Inquire today. Check out our website. Take a little fun sample quiz there. Follow us uh, on all the media social if you so dare. And uh, hire us now for your ultimate personalized trivia experience. All right, everybody. So until next week's episode, where we cover a band uh, just consisting of me and Noah's children. We, we don't, don't get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.